No one told me for all those times you wish someone just a little ahead of you would tell you what they did in the same situation, in the same season of life. On this podcast, experience is worth a thousand words, or at least 30 minutes worth. Welcome to No One Told Me. In my early 20s, I didn't know anything about hormones. I mean, nothing. I didn't know that they corresponded with your menstrual cycles and your eating habits and your mood and your skin. I was at a loss until I got married and I went on birth control. And then literally my entire life changed. I share about that time and I learned so much in this conversation with Dr. Edie Wadsworth concerning a woman's health, hormones, and just overall well-being. This episode is so full of information. She has an incredible story, and I try to link to all of that and more in the show notes because I want you to know what your next steps could be. But listen, you might not agree with everything you hear, and that's okay. That's a good thing. The main thing to take away from this particular episode is to study, research, find your answers. You'll be better equipped to make decisions concerning your health and the health of your family in the future. I hope as you finish this episode wanting to learn more and knowing that facing all of these changes is done better with a team, a community around you. And lastly, and I'm 100% serious about this, you might want to grab a piece of paper, a pen, open up your notes app on your phone and have a place to write down some of the things you hear that interest you. I so hope you enjoy. No one told me hormones aren't just for puberty. Are you ready to go, Miss Edie? I'm ready. Okie dokie. Here we go. So I am very excited about this particular podcast because a lot of you listeners have reached out and asked for us to talk about hormones and um, the different stages of life, how they impact you, how they change, and that honestly, they're not just for puberty. All right. So we're going to learn a lot of lessons today from my friend, Miss Edie Wadsworth. I actually read a book from her several months ago, maybe even over a year ago. It's her memoir. And Miss Edie, you might have to correct me on it. I want to make sure I get it right. All the Pretty Things. That's it. Perfect. All right. It is a great book. You will honestly, your mouth will hit the floor at some of the stories that you read. So if you are a reader and you love it, make sure that you check that out as well. Miss Edie has a history. She is a doctor as well. I could call you Dr. Edie, but she is so smart, has so much information. So we're going to learn a lot from her today. But first... Miss Edie, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What does a regular day look like for you? What do you love to do? What are you not such a big fan of? Just give us um, a little bit about you right now. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me on. I'm so honored to be here. Well, a regular day for me looks like crazy town, as I'm sure it looks for most women with families and kids and careers. But I work from home, so I teach nutrition and health and essential oils from home. So I do a lot of teaching on video from home. Usually I start my day with um, a little bit of quiet time and some good coffee to get me going. I'm really big into planning. So I plan out my day and, you know, read a little scripture. And then I usually start teaching right away. So I do some live videos on my Life and Grace page. And then I head off to the gym. So I'm a CrossFitter. I'm a 48-year-old CrossFitter. Look at you go. I did it for about a year and then I got pregnant and was way too competitive. And my husband said, you cannot be this competitive and be pregnant and do CrossFit. <laughs> that's, that's where we shut it down. I love it. 
Well, I just started, I've always been into athletics and have loved, you know, running and moving and all kinds of things over the years. So I joined about, oh, I'm coming on my two-year anniversary. So I go to CrossFit every day and get a good workout in. And then I come home and do most of my work from home. I make dinner for my family every night. My husband comes home for lunch every day. Between us, we have nine kids. We have two that are at home right now and they are seniors in high school, but they do like a sort of like a homeschooling dual enrollment at our community college. So they're kind of in and out all day. And I go between doing laundry, making dinner, teaching nutrition and oils, that kind of thing. So I, I love my life. It is busy and full and yeah. So that's kind of what I do every day. Well, I would say with nine kids, it would be just a little bit busy every now and again. (laughs) It is. Just keeping up with that many of them is crazy. I need to know if you get to do your videos in pajama bottoms. Yes. And just have to fancy up the top half and then wear whatever you want on the bottom half. That's the life. That's the best life. I call it my mullet outfit. The top half of me looks like I'm ready to party the bottom half. That's what I like to hear. You know, I think it's a good day any day you don't have to put pants on that butt. Exactly. Right. All right. So let's jump into some of this good stuff. So my own story, I didn't realize that hormones were even a, a thing to consider or think about until I got married. I went on birth control, obviously, because I'm not trying to pop out a baby in the first year of marriage. So we went on birth control and I felt a little bit like a crazy person. I mean, my whole demeanor changed. I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't want to go anywhere or do anything. And I'm very much a people person. So it was strange for me to avoid all people for as long as I did. But the thing was, is I didn't know it was birth control that was doing that, that I didn't know that I would respond so strongly in my hormones. I think for me, the first question is, what's the number one thing you wish all women knew about hormones? Well, first of all, this is my favorite subject to talk about. I do a lot of teaching in natural health. Hormones are my favorite thing to talk about because nobody talks about them. I think one of the most important lessons that we as women should embrace is that we are made differently and our bodies cycle through these seasons, these different cycles every month and learning to, first of all, understand those cycles and learn how to support our bodies through Mm -hmm. all the different changes that they make. So I think just awareness. We have grown up in a culture where we don't talk about I mean, heaven forbid that you mention you're on your period or, um, you know, and we kind of teach our girls to be hush hush about it and don't talk about the hormone thing. So I love that we're even having this conversation because I think it's really important. I think the more we understand our bodies and how to support them through their seasons and through their changes, the healthier, the happier we'll be. Absolutely. And I mean, for me, like I said, I didn't even know that it was a hormone problem I was having. That did not even cross my mind. I just thought, well, maybe, you know, it's just what happens when you first get married and all the excitement wears off. Or, you know, like I didn't know that that is actually a part of your health. And I went to several different doctors and the answer was always, well, try a different birth control. Maybe it is your birth control. Try this. No one ever explained it's hormones. So what for you do you think is a common misconception about a woman's hormones? Like something that we might believe about them that's probably not the truth. Well, honestly, I think that a lot of times when we're having trouble, when our bodies are having some kind of symptom trying to get our attention, a lot of times we think that just like you did, you know, it's got to be something else. I'm just stressed out. You know, we blame it on everything else. 
And I think a lot of times we fail to realize that it could be hormones and that there are simple, natural ways that we can support our hormones. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as we get into it more. But we live in a culture that is not very supportive of that. It's not the first thing that people think of. Often when women go in with common symptoms that women have, they end up on an antidepressant. There's no exploration of their hormonal life. And there was a study done at the NIH a while back that basically said this, if you want to know an overall health and vitality of a woman, you ask three questions. Tell me about your menstrual cycle. Tell me about your sex drive. Tell me about your fertility. And those are predictors of health and vitality for women throughout their life. And I think we sometimes think, well, that's just the extra stuff. That's just the, you know, if that stuff happens to be okay, well, that's just extra. No, that's a predictor of Mm. health and vitality for women. And I think that we underestimate the power of that. Speaking on that, I I think that's so interesting, the part you just said, the three questions that you asked. So can you give examples of if one of those responses to that question is poor or not great, what that probably means later for you or for your health and vitality? If they ask about, you know, your menstrual cycle and you say, well, it's not regular at all? Like it's every, you know, six months. What's the bigger issue that that could be speaking to? Well, and I think we have grown up to kind of wish it away. Like, oh, I wish I didn't have this, these cycles, or I wish I didn't have to worry about this every month. So we look at, oh, somebody who has abnormal periods or who only has periods every three months or four months, we might go, oh, I wish I was her. What that could predict about her future fertility, about her future health in general, a lot of times it means that women have some estrogen dominance, Mm -hmm. and that's not a good thing. Just, you know, Google that, and that's not something you want to deal with in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times it, you know, means that their thyroid is not functioning right, and that can have long-term implications. So I think that for us just to go, oh, good for you, you don't have to deal with that is a really short-sighted way of looking at it because our bodies are made to go through these seasons and cycles. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, even for me, first of all, I feel weird that I just said menstrual cycle on this podcast. And that speaks to how we never talk about it. <laughs> but it's such a huge part of who we are and of our daily health. And for me, I think one of the first signs that something was wrong is I wasn't having monthly periods at all. I mean, I was having maybe four or five months apart. But again, I thought, well, this is something I should celebrate and be okay with. And I remember going to the doctor and telling them that, and they just looked so perplexed, which is not something you want to see on a doctor's face of, I don't know what's wrong with you. This is a problem. But again, the answer was always, well, try a different pill, try a different prescription. And while I'm extremely thankful for those in in some regards and what they can do for us, I guess my question for you too is, when do you know that you need to go past that? Like, when do you know hey, maybe I need to look into another way of dealing with this instead of just, because I know you used to practice medicine. I think I read in one of your blog posts that, you know, you were kind of trained, hey, here's a prescription. You have a problem, here's a prescription. What are some of the other things we can do before we just immediately go to the pharmacy? First of all, I think that should never be the first choice because I think it was Hippocrates who said, let food be your first medicine. I think we always need to look for root causes and not just jump to, you know, a Band-Aid answer or a Band-Aid solution, which is often what prescription drugs are. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm not against them totally. You know, if you need 
something and you've done a lot of investigation about what could be the root cause, it's not that I'm totally against it. I just feel like it's not a good first answer. The Mm -hmm. other thing that I think is important is to realize that with hormone health, we're literally swimming in things that damage our hormones. So if you look at, and all of your listeners could just Google the word xenoestrogens. It starts with an X, X X-E-N-O, xenoestrogens. Just Google that word. And what you're going to find, xenoestrogens are large, bulky, toxic molecules that kind of resemble estrogen. And they're literally everywhere in our environment. They're, you know, in plastic, they're in our detergents and in our lotions and in our food. And so we're swimming in bad estrogen. And estrogen is a molecule in our bodies that in its natural form causes things to grow. So when you begin to swim in bad estrogen, it tends to cause bad things to grow, things Mm. like fibroids and endometriosis and cancer and all of that. And so I think part of it is just an awareness that women are struggling more than ever with their hormones in a large part due to environmental reasons. So if you look at, you know, going to get a prescription for that, A lot of times, if you just on face value say, well, let me just put you on a birth control pill. Well, that birth control pill is basically another form of a xenoestrogen. Mm -hmm. And a xenoestrogen is probably what's causing a lot of your problems. That's why I'm not a big fan of just like, okay, let's just shut all your hormones down on a xenoestrogen and block all your receptor sites. Not a big fan of that because it doesn't address the root cause of what's going on. So I love digging a little deeper. I love learning a little more about what we're actually doing to ourselves with just the simplest products that we use Mm -hmm. and how we can just by choosing something different, how we can have a huge impact on our hormones. These chemicals are often called hormone disruptors or endocrine disruptors. And that just means that they mess with our hormones. And Mm -hmm. so to me, it's just a huge part of education, of learning as much as we can about what we're exposing ourselves to. What's one of the most common hormone disruptors? Like what's something that we might be surprised at? Well, plastics are huge. You're using, you know, Tupperware that's plastic. You're drinking out of water bottle that's plastic. Uh, Those plasticizers are made of xenoestrogens and we literally are exposed to them all the time. So anytime you're drinking out of plastic or eating something out of plastic, especially if you've heated it in the microwave in plastic, then those molecules can leach into your food. And of course there's hormones in food too. They're literally everywhere. In your skincare, in your lotion, Mm -hmm. in the stuff you're washing your clothes in, often in your household cleaners. Just do a little research on xenoestrogens and you'll go, oh my word, these are literally everywhere. Well, what I've just learned is I shouldn't ever clean my house. I should not take a shower and I shouldn't have to do laundry. So far, I think I'm okay with those things. (laughs) So we have a huge, broad demographic of people who listen. I wondered if just for a moment you would speak into each life stage. So we have college students We have just married, pregnant, and new moms. We have those approaching menopause. For each life stage, what's maybe one thing to pay attention to hormonally or something that's actually very normal to be happening or, you know, like just for each life stage, what would you say is something to pay attention to for our listeners? Well, I think certainly for younger women, be very wary of birth control pills. Birth control pills can have a devastating effect on young women. Women who take birth control pills 
tend to struggle later on with fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, you have the perfect story of how often people have very ill side effects with their mood and they just mm-hmm. don't feel like they're, you know, themselves. But more than that, just lots of, just lots of possible side effects. They're very dangerous for women as far as blood clots and strokes and heart disease and all of that. And I know that uh, lots of women who have used birth control pills, especially for years on end, really struggle with fertility. Mm -hmm. Birth control pills are used like water in our culture, just Mm -hmm. like a Band-Aid. And I think that we should be careful of anything that disrupts the cycle of how we're made. And women who go on birth control like the effects of that at first, because you're like, oh, it's like, I'm not even a woman. I don't even (laughs) have, I have no PMS. I have hardly (laughs) any period. This is awesome. But there's always a price to pay in the long term when you take a shortcut or -hmm. when you try to circumvent the way our bodies are actually made. Your body is made to go through these monthly cycles and phases. And when you do anything that short circuits that you're going to have a price to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And many, many women in their thirties are now going, Oh, why am I struggling so much to get pregnant? Almost in every case. Well, I've been taking birth control pills for 10 years. We just need to be careful. And, and I think not, I think in our culture, just in general, we expect things to you know, get better overnight. And we just want an easy fix. We just want a pill to fix things. That almost never is the right solution. So I would say for younger women, be very, very wary of birth control pills. Do your research. Try to figure out, get to the bottom of what is causing your hormonal disruption. And don't just, just because somebody in a white coat, and I say that as a person who wore a white coat for a long time, Mm -hmm. just because somebody in a white coat recommends it, doesn't mean it's good for you. So you be your own best advocate. You do your research. Accept and embrace the fact that you're a female with female hormones that's going to go through these cycles, these phases every month and learn to support your body in ways that, you Mm -hmm. know, that are good for your body, not just today, but good for your body 10 years from now and 20 years from now. Breast control pills also carry with them an increased risk of breast cancer and all in all types of female cancers. So mm-hmm. do we want, you know, half the women in our culture to be doing this to their bodies when they're younger, just for convenience sake? I don't think so. Yeah. And I know also as a new mom, even even when I was pregnant, I got, I became scared of my hormones because I wasn't sure what they were ever going to do. I just felt a little out of control. And even having my first, I I was terrified of postpartum because I didn't know what my hormones were going to do. So for the pregnant and the new moms, what are some things that can be expected, but also some things that you can do to help balance yourself out a little bit? Well, I think it, it, it can be a scary time, but it doesn't have to be. And again, I think, you know, even before you get pregnant, if you be proactive, learn about hormones. I mean, the phases of our menstrual cycle, the four phases of our menstrual cycle, most women don't know what those four phases are. And most women, if you ask them, couldn't name what phase they're in, even if they could think of the four phases, they couldn't name the phase that they're in. So just understanding the the actual phases, reading about them. There's a great book called The Woman Code that talks 
a lot about the phases and how to support your body with nutrition and exercise during the specific phases. Oh, that's great. We definitely need to link to that as well. So what are the four phases? I like to think about it and people have described it this way in the literature as well. You think of it as the seasons. So if we start with winter, winter is your actual menstrual phase. So that's when you're having your period. That's called winter. And think of what you want to be doing in winter. You want to be snuggled up in your bed with a heating pad over your tummy, drinking some hot coffee or hot tea. So you kind of want to introvert and be and sort of support your body when you're on your period. Mm -hmm. After winter comes spring. So spring comes after winter. Estrogen tends to dominate this phase. It's called the follicular phase. Think about the week after your period. You have lots of energy. You want to start new projects. You've just come off your period. You're like, oh, yes, I've got three great weeks ahead of me. You know, you like people again. You like your <laughs> husband again. Yeah. So spring is spring is awesome. And then after spring, after the follicular phase, you have the ovulatory phase. Okay. That is a very short phase. But it's a magical phase because that is when nobody can tell you no. That's when your eyes light up, your skin is perfect. Everything about being a woman is amazing during those two days. This is when, like, if you're wanting to move to a new house, if you're wanting to finally have a baby or get a puppy, you need to ask your spouse during ovulatory phase. Nobody can tell you no during ovulatory phase. I like this phase. Let's work on elongating this phase. I know. We need this to be longer. <laughs> and then the last phase is called luteal, which is the fall phase. So this is the nesting phase when you want to get your life in order and get everything organized. And then you go into the late part of the luteal phase, which is the PMS time or the dragon time or however oh you want to call that. We sort of live in these bodies that we don't really understand and that we don't try to understand. And I think once you begin to understand yourself and accept the phases that you're going through for what they are, for instance, when you're a new mom and postpartum, that's a big deal. That's a lot of change for your body and trying mm -hmm. to arrange your lifestyle as much as you can, your nutrition, how you're moving your body to really support these major changes. Like you just grew a baby, you know, and you just had a baby. Like, I think we just expect women so often to just, well, I mean, just come on back to work. We really don't appreciate the immense changes that women's bodies are going mm -hmm. through. So learning to support our bodies as much as we can, good nutrition, real food, processed food contains a lot of toxins. And after you address your nutrition and food, the second thing is to remove as many of the endocrine disruptor toxins as possible, especially when you're postpartum, because it's not just you now, it's your baby that is being exposed to that. And they've done some studies on this recently, and they discovered that in, and this is not women who are taking drugs or, you know, mm -hmm. addicted to heroin or methamphetamine or anything like that. This is just normal women taking samples from the umbilical cords, they discovered that the average female in America has 284 toxic chemicals in the umbilical cord. So wow. these are just things that are in our cleaners, in our foods, in our lotions, in our makeup that are getting through to our babies. So 
it, I mean, it, it's really, it really is no joke. And it's causing, you know, unheard of rates of infertility, unheard of rates of endometriosis and thyroid disruption and hormone disruption and cancer. You know, it really is a big problem. And we see it even in the umbilical cords of babies. Wow. Okay. And, you know, they say that because we're swimming in a sea of estrogen these days, that it's not just affecting us, that men's testosterone levels are lower than they've ever been because men are being estrogenized. Our kids are being estrogenized because we're exposed to these toxic estrogens. So we just need to become aware of that and support our bodies through these phases as much as possible. So we're talking a lot about these hormone imbalances. So what are some signs of a hormone imbalance? Like, you know, example, I refer back to my story. I did not know I had a hormone imbalance. There were signs, but I didn't know those were signs of that. What are some signs that we can kind of see in our own lives that will speak to that? Well, I mean, for everybody, it'll be a little different. When I'm actually teaching this class in person, I just start asking people like, okay, tell me what you mean when you say you're hormonal, you know, and for different women, that will be different things. But I Mm -hmm. think there are a lot of things that are kind of the same. So you could think of mood swings. You could think of, you know, hot flashes, trouble sleeping. You could think of acne problems. Um, A lot of times women will have bloating and gas and like some GI disturbance. You have this just sense of that things aren't well, this like irritability or, you know, sense that things aren't well or things aren't right. I think for some women, of course, it comes in the form of your periods are abnormal. You have really bad periods or you don't have a period for three or four months. Lots of people notice changes in their skin and in their hair. And, you know, again, uh, some of these overlap with thyroid problems and, and different women have to different degrees, different problems. Especially as women get older, they notice changes in their sex drive, changes in their sleep pattern. They either feel sleepy all the time or more likely have trouble shutting down or falling asleep. Women complain of anxiety a lot. A lot of anxiety is hormones. And I think it's a travesty that when we seek treatment for that, we often get put on something that basically shuts down our emotions when really it's a hormone problem. So Mm -hmm. lots of anxiety, feeling anxious, you feel like your heart is racing or you feel anxious. A lot of times that can be hormone disruption. Sometimes urinary problems in women, weight gain. Weight gain is really common, especially around the middle. Very common in women with hormone dysfunction, fatigue, just low energy level, just low level of like passion and interest, you know, in your life. A lot Mm -hmm. of times that can be hormones. So like I said, for every woman, it's a little bit different and a myriad of symptoms that can be attributed to our hormones. So with all of these, um, you know, we talked about what contributes to it. We've talked about signs of it. So what can we do naturally to create and maintain normal hormone levels? Well, always, always, always. First, we need to think about what we're feeding ourselves. So Mm -hmm. hormones are all made from cholesterol. And cholesterol is a bad word in our culture, and it shouldn't be. Cholesterol is a very healing molecule. Your brain is made of cholesterol. All your hormones are made of cholesterol. The outside of your cells are all made of fat and cholesterol. And a lot of times, because we our bodies are full of toxins, a lot of sugar that causes a lot of inflammation in our bodies, the cholesterol actually comes in to heal that inflammation to heal what's going on. 
And it's kind of like we've discovered that, oh, my goodness, every time we see something wrong in the artery, we blame cholesterol. It kind of reminds me of every time you see a car wreck, you see a cop car. Well, Mm. that doesn't mean that cop cars cause car wrecks. Mm -hmm. We've done the same thing to cholesterol in our culture. We notice that it's there at the site of inflammation in our arteries, and then we blame it when actually it has come in to be a healing molecule. So getting plenty of healthy fats, you know, we've been living in a culture for 20 or 30 years where fat is a bad word and don't eat fat, eat everything low fat. Well, what we've substituted in our food in place of good healthy fat is just another form of sugar which is very inflammatory for us. And then we don't have the healthy fats we need to make our hormones. So Mm -hmm. making sure you get plenty of good, healthy fat, saturated fat, olive oil, butter, avocados, coconut oil, meat, the, the fat that comes from pastured meat, we need good, healthy fats or we can't make our hormones. The second thing that I tell women is stress. If you look at the pathway that your body uses to make hormones, it starts with cholesterol. And about halfway down the pathway is a little molecule called cortisol. And Mm. that's our stress hormone. And when you live with chronic stress, which so many of us do, your body will preferentially make stress hormone, cortisol, instead of making female hormones. You will have a very difficult time balancing your hormones unless you get a handle on your stress because your body doesn't know that your stressful job or your stressful marriage or your stressful finances, your body doesn't know that those are not going to kill you. It's just trying to protect you. So it keeps sending out more and more stress hormone. And the more stress hormone your body makes, the less hormones it makes. So we have to get a handle on our stress. So those two things are hugely important. Getting enough healthy fat, really getting your nutrition in order where you're feeding your body the fuel that it needs to heal itself, to make the right hormones, and that you get your stress in order so that all of your cholesterol isn't being shuttled to make cortisol, but instead is going to make the hormones that make you feel happy and vibrant and full of life. Mm -hmm. Um, So those two are really important. And then like we mentioned before, getting rid of toxins, which sabotage your hormones is really important. Making sure that you don't accept synthetic hormones as Mm. a treatment. Synthetic hormones are more xenoestrogens. Synthetic hormones are bad for women. And we literally, I mean, I think women feel like there's just no other option. I just am going to have to take this birth control or I'm going to have to take these synthetic hormones. There's just way better ways to balance your hormones besides that. So I would start with nutrition. I would start with reducing stress and I would start with reducing toxins. The other thing that's super important is sleep. Women do not get enough sleep in our culture. That's (laughs) when your body heals itself. That's when your body makes hormones. So if we're not sleeping well, we are not healing our bodies. We're not functioning how we're supposed to. Your body must have adequate rest. They say that getting six and a half hours of sleep over, you know, 20 or 30 years will shorten your life by 10 years. So we need eight hours of sleep. We need to value sleep. We need to work to get good sleep. So that's really important too. So I've learned to not clean my house and to sleep more. And I just think we're going to be great friends, Edie. If those are the things I need to do. (laughs) You're going to have me on your podcast every week. Exactly. These are all things I'd love to hear. 
Okay, so I do want to touch on this a little bit because I've had questions about it as well, but essential oils. I know that you you know a ton about them. I am just myself starting to try them out a little bit because for a while I refused to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't going to do it, but then I started using them and ended up loving them. So can you just talk about some of the ways that those are helpful and what you encourage someone who's just maybe starting out with them, just an easy way to start dabbling and figuring out how they can best serve you and your family. Yes. I was just like you. I'm traditionally trained MD. So I did not go to any schools of naturopath medicine. I did not study herbs or anything like that. So when I came across this, I was actually trying to help my own body heal. And I didn't want to be on 11 prescriptions, which was what I was offered. And I was struggling in my health so badly. So I was basically willing to try anything and I was super skeptical of them because how weird is it that you like rub an oil on? And That is weird. I'm going to tell you, my friend Sarah, when she was like putting stuff on her forehead, I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to have to have an intervention with you. <laughs> okay, you weirdo. But then I realized, I think that this was the epiphany for me. I totally believed that Pfizer could make a molecule that just like magic, you swallow and you feel better, or it helps some kind of symptom or whatever. Then I, as I thought about that, I'm like, well, it's interesting because the drug companies often get their ideas for good molecules that help us from plants. So what if we just went to the plant? What if we just, you know, took the actual molecule from the plant? And I guess it was like this epiphany, like, well, why do I think Pfizer is so smart and can make molecules that help us, but I don't think God could, like, create the earth Mm -hmm. and fill it with molecules that help us. And for me, that was kind of a turning point, and it, it at least helped me open my eyes and my mind. So for me, it was just a journey in humility of being willing to admit that, okay, maybe I didn't learn everything about health in medical school. Maybe there's something to this. And as I studied, the more that I learned, I just was blown away. I was blown away by the research that's out there with oils. I was blown away by their history and how they've been used for thousands of years to help us. I was blown away by actually how they helped me. So Mm -hmm. four years later from when I went to see my rheumatologist about all my various issues. Four years later, I take zero prescription drugs. I balance my hormones totally with nutrition and sleep and exercise and oils. Mm. And I've had what I would consider a miraculous turnaround. Most Mm. people would have said to me four years ago, you'll never come off this. You're always going to be on this. You're always going to feel tired. You're always going to feel achy. Your hormones are always going to be bad. Um, I think that tends to be what we tell people like, okay, you're going to be on this forever. And I just didn't accept that. And what I have found has been nothing short of a miracle. And I am amazed at how well they balance our bodies. They strengthen our bodies. They work with our bodies, not against our bodies, like so many prescription drugs do. So yeah, I'm a huge, huge believer. I actually love helping women balance their hormones naturally it happens all the time. I see women get freedom and get healthy again and get their energy back and get their Mm -hmm. sex drive back and have babies. It's just been one miracle right after the other. So yeah, I'm a huge, huge believer. That's awesome. So if you could say three oils, I guess someone's just starting to get into it. Could you pick three that you're like, okay, make sure you get these three to try first? 
Well, oils are like fruits and vegetables. So you don't want to think about them like medicine. You want to think about them like fruits and vegetables. So you want to get as many, you know, of a, a good variety of them. Most of the time you can get something that's like a starter kit, you know, where you get a set of oils to start with. So mm-hmm. I definitely would do that so that you just begin to incorporate them into your everyday life. But if I were going to pick three for hormones, the three that I use that make the most impact on my hormones, the first one is called Progescence Plus. It is a serum that's a micronized serum that contains natural progesterone. It's totally changed my life. That's my favorite. The second one that I love so much is called Indoflex. Indoflex is really good if you're stressed out mess and your adrenal glands are being taxed to the brink, and your thyroid is being taxed to the brink because you live a stressful life. Indoflex has been a life changer for me. And then the other one that I love is called Lady Sclerol, and I use it on my lower abdomen every day. I love that oil. It helps balance mood. It's really good for all things women's health. So those would be my three favorites for hormones. Oh, that's the best. Okay, so our last question And this is something we ask on every podcast. What's one thing? It doesn't have to be related to hormones or women in general. Just maybe something you love right now. What's one thing that you're so happy someone did tell you about? It could be a movie, a show, a food, a workout, a book, anything that you're just really into right now that you think other people would love. Oh, my gosh. I know exactly what I'm going to say. So about a year ago, a friend of mine told me about this thing she has called a biomat. Kind of like a heating pad on steroids. It gives out infrared light and it has these amethyst crystals buried deep inside it. But basically, it's like a heating pad that you lay on. It has lots of good health benefits. I'm totally addicted to it. I sit on it probably an hour to two hours every day. I just lay it in my bed and sit on it and then I can sit there and work or whatever. But it's my favorite thing ever. I love it with all my heart. I'm getting two people a biomat for Christmas because I love it so much and because I love them so much. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite thing right now. What is it? What, what have you noticed that it has done for you? Oh my gosh. I just, you know, it's hard to say because I do so many things for my health and wellness. I eat really clean. I exercise every day. I use oils every day. So you would think that I would be doing so much already that I wouldn't notice like an additional, like, oh my gosh, this really helps me. I love it. But I think just with in general aches and pains, you Mm -hmm. know, from working out all the time really helps with that. It's very grounding, like emotionally grounding. I crave it. I literally crave it. It's funny because as soon as I got home today, before we started recording the podcast, I went to my bedroom, turned it on so that when I'm finished with the podcast, I can go in there and lay on it. You're like, get me off of this conversation. I'm waiting for my bio vent. I got to go, (laughs) y'all. I love it. Well, we're definitely, we're going to link to that as well in the show notes. Edie, we are so thankful that you would, first of all, take the time to learn all of this stuff, but also figure out ways to teach us and to share it with us. So I appreciate you so much jumping on here with us. And I'm definitely going to show people ways that they can connect with you more uh, moving forward. Thank you so much, Kelly. It was great to meet you. Great conversation. Well, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hey, if you liked it, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Does that sound desperate? Feels a little bit desperate asking you to do that. But you know what? Oh, well, I love hearing your feedback. So make sure you check out no one told me podcast.com and I'll see you next time. <laughs>